0: Hello, hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to Money Awakenings. I am your host, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Coming to I'm kidding. This is Larry Morrison. I am the financial shaman. And you're listening to Money Awakenings, a podcast where I go for a walk, pretend that you're with me and do all of the talking and let you do none of the talking, let you do all of the listening. And we talk about the belief systems that block wealth from coming to us and anything energetically that blocks wealth from coming to us. And remember always that wealth is a feeling. It is a frequency. It is something that comes from within the abundance frequency applied to money, specifically. And so, as wealth is a feeling, a state of being, then it's easier to see how thoughts and beliefs would stop you from feeling that way. Because if you feel scarcity, more of the time, as your dominant emotion... Worried about running out, you're gonna do crazy things like take jobs you hate or possibly put yourself in harm's way, you know. So, you know, just with I remember when COVID first happened, and there was people, you know, a lot of the Uber drivers stopped working, but some still had to. A lot of people had to put themselves in harm's harm's way. This is way before a vaccine to provide for themselves and their family. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong because there is no right or wrong way to do anything, especially life. I'm just saying that if you believe in scarcity, that's what the mirror will reflect back to you. And you will treat this world differently differently than if you believed in abundance and believed in your own power and believed that everything would always work out and believed that you are divinely supported and protected, the universe will de- deliver that too. But you, the trick is you have to believe it on a subconscious level, not just a conscious level, <clears throat> which means you have to be able to dive into your own programming, your own subconscious beliefs that were given to you at a very young age, reinforced through your teenage years, and then galvanizing throughout your life, depending on, of course, how old you are. But what I mean by galvanizing is trauma. When The mirror reflects back to us, quote-unquote, evidence of our beliefs. It comes in the form of trauma, and this must be understood. Trauma work must be understood to release these belief systems. And so, I'm sure I'll teach more about trauma work eventually. The point is, the reason why the law of attraction or manifestation... Or anything that else that you've ever tried to bring money into your life doesn't work is because you believe it on a conscious level but not a subconscious level. <clears throat> this is why I talk about hacking the mind and how you can't hack the mind from within the mind. It is a. Apologies for the cars there. It is a windy, actually it's died down a little bit, cold. The first cold day I've really experienced in a while. I'm in Post Falls, Idaho, Coeur d'Alene, and um, I, I came up here because I was tired of the heat, and I have that ability to be anywhere, and in a, within a week from getting here, it switched from summer to this is definitely fall It almost feels like winter because of the overcast but winter here is snow so this is definitely fall and um i don't know why i really brought that up just to bring you into my world a little bit but What I wanted to talk about today was some subconscious beliefs that I came across within me and please remember, I still do this work. I just woke up, spent an hour, I don't know why I said it like it's a big deal, I have spent a lot more than that, countless hours at this point, I spent an hour this morning working through money beliefs working through some of the things I'll show you, some of the self-sabotaging belief systems. Because remember that a belief must be right, just like a computer program has to be right. You know, a software uh, program the belief the line of code has to be right in order for it to work so what that means is it will find a way to be right if you believe that hard work is the way to make money then subconsciously there's only one way that money can come to you and you will literally ignore push away or destroy any easy ways to make money and when I say make money, I don't mean create it, I mean attract it, right, this is what it means to earn, most people mean when they say earn, then they must suffer to create, I earned this body means I suffered to create this body, which is funny when you think about an obese person, like, if they were like, I earned this body, <laughs> like, well, you didn't do much suffering unless we're talking about too many pizzas and the experience of being too full. But um, but usually earning means to suffer to create. And so my point is, the belief systems have to be right. So we have to know, become aware, and take stock of our subconscious programming, our subconscious belief systems. Because here is my current theory about wealth. In particular, remember, wealth is a frequency, a feeling, and it has a direct outer manifestation. The mere reality that is this physical reality will reflect back to us what we believe about it. And so the more we feel well, the more we know we're on the right track with our beliefs because a belief and a feeling or an emotion go hand in hand. They are connected you never have an emotion in a vacuum. It's always tied to a belief system or, or many belief systems. And so that's why it's so important when we feel negative emotion to not resist it, to not run from it or escape it, but to sit with it, be in it, and ask ourselves what do we need to believe about this situation or we're ever putting our conscious attention on in order to feel these feelings and have the belief systems show up, bring them to the light in order to work with them. Okay. Now, so my current theory on wealth is that we are already abundant and wealthy. We are already unconditionally loved. We are already happy, joyful and powerful. And then We come here and get programmed into letting all of that go and playing a small game. We're playing, as my friend Kyle C. says, a limitation game. Right? Or, here's another way to look at it. We're playing a game of pretend. We're gods pretending that we're human in order to have an experience and better know who we are. Because won't it be so great when we realize the truth? That waking up, that aha feeling. And there's the wind I was talking about. So I'm doing my best to guard against it. So hopefully uh, it's not too distracting. So we're playing a game of pretend in order to have an experience to wake up from. And go, oh, I'm actually, God, that was a fun game. Right? Just like when you play any game. You know, let's say a video game. And, you know, you be- you, know, you start to believe that you're Mario. You start to believe that you're Link trying to save Zelda. Right? Two shout-outs to my childhood. Or you believe that you're Samus Aran trying to destroy Mother Brain, if you really want to get nerdy with me. And when the game is over, either you win or you die or would we'll give up or whatever, the truth is revealed to you that you're the player of the game. That you are much more than the character within those limitations. Within that game, within that story. Here's a different way to look at it. If you're pretending you're a knight trying to save a princess from a dragon, or that you're pretending you're a damsel in distress, you're more like... you're the actor not the character you're pretending to be and so with that understanding when we put on this mask this role in my case that I am Larry Morrison a lowly human who is trying to fumble his way through life and do the best he can then we inherently in that role we limit ourselves from discovering the truth of who we are And in this way, we're trying to get to wealth as if it's a destination to arrive at. It is not that way. And I went off on a podcast about effortless receiving a couple weeks ago. What it really is, is that we have put dividers, invisible walls up against our own wealth, against the truth of who we are, against our own heart from loving completely, against joy, against our our own power. We have limited it tremendously in order to play this role, in order to play this game. We are dividing ourselves from the true essence of who we are. And we are the ones putting up the blocks, putting up the limitations. We are the ones pushing it away. So it is not about getting anywhere. It's simply about removing the blockages. This is what it means that people try to teach when they teach law of attraction. It's not, you're not pulling anything towards you. You're removing the programming that says you don't don't deserve the wealth that is rightfully yours. Or you're not worthy of it. Excuse me. These are the two biggest blocks that I have found. To think that you don't deserve <laughs> is to think that you're worthless, which will keep it away. This keeps you small. This keeps you in the role, in the in the character, in the avatar. Right? To think that you're not worthy it means I'm just a lowly human, and you're identified with the ego, which is the story, the character, of the role. So the more we start to let the story go, the more we start to set the script on fire and put the controller down for the video game and open, take off the headset of the VR and go, wait a minute, I am Source. This is my game. This is my play. Right? This is my movie. I'm the director, the producer, I'm the whole thing. So then we start to allow what comes first to fill the void love we allow more self-love in and the more we love ourselves the more we trust ourselves with the truth and with our power we're going to go a lot off on this a lot today so stick with me okay you probably read the title and we're like, oh, this is going to be good. And it is. (sighs) One of the beliefs I came across this week, belief systems that has been hindering my deserving or enhancing it really to keep a block in between me and what I want is this belief that I'm a fraud. So let me go into it. Until this week. So 39 years and 39 and a half years or wherever I'm at. I've well, obviously I didn't come into this physical reality believing I'm a fraud, but um when I was very young, five, six, seven, something like that, I've adopted this belief system that I'm a fraud. And especially when it comes to being a financial shaman i'm like how do i have the right or how how do who am i to upend conventional financial wisdom and use all of these different ideas and modalities and spiritual techniques and psychological techniques to change the way we look at money who am i to do that and who am i to talk about wealth when I don't have a direct outer representation of it. I'm not a millionaire. Far from it at this moment. You know? Who am I to talk about this stuff? This is self-doubt. But more than that, when you believe that you're a fraud, you believe you don't deserve. You know? The adulation. the, The love you know, the, the money. You, you believe you don't deserve these things because you're a fraud. So let me tell you where this came from that I discovered. And I've been believing this the entire time. There's, it's smaller than it ever was, but it was still there gnawing at me and nagging at me. And like, every time I did a podcast, every time I did a thing, I would get into flow so it would disappear, of course, while I was in flow. But, um, every, you know, when I was out of flow, and I was more identified with my ego, this f- belief would always nag at me, I'm like, you're a fraud, it didn't say it like that, but it would just nag at me like with self-doubt, and I've worked a lot with my own self-doubt, but it was still there. It was still there saying to me like things like you can't possibly talk about these things without being wealthy and of course I've worked with it and that's why I define wealth as a frequency because I feel it stronger than I've ever felt it And it's just a matter of time before it shows up in my physical experience because it's here in my body. I can feel it. It's my dominant emotion. I can speak from it. I can flow from it. It speaks through me. But when I'm not speaking through it, when I'm not feeling it, that belief system comes up that I'm a fraud. It doesn't feel great. And the reason I want to talk about it is not only because I'm want to discover it and and be vulnerable a little bit with you guys and gals but more than that i know you have it too i know that there's parts of us that are like oh i have this amazing idea this amazing inspiration and i'm super excited about it but who am i to do that you know what this belief system always tries to tell me is i need to become more than who i am before i do anything I need to become something else. Which basically is another way of saying, I'm not good enough now. That's why this is deeply tied to unworthiness and non-deserving. This idea of being a fraud. But where did this originally come from, we'll get into. But where does this come from in you? How does this show up in you right now? Where... There's something you want to do. There's something you want to create. There's something your heart is telling you to do, and you're like, "Who am I to do that thing? I need to be this, this, and that." Now, I agree that if you want to become like the next Tony Horton—wait, no, that's not right. That's not his name. Anyway, the next, um, you know, ext- you know, Jillian Michaels, let's say, or some extreme uh, bodybuilder. Or personal trainer or Kelly Starrett you know the CrossFit guy or you want to become these things and you're super obese yet that yeah maybe there is some work you need to do before you put yourself out there in that way right but it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the feelings you can't start down that road you can't start talking about this stuff you can't start thinking about it writing about it Until you're there, you can't get into the industry, you can't learn about physical training. Like, there's nothing stopping you from going. It's just maybe stopping you from having the credibility that you want, right? And that's a whole different thing. But for me, this idea that I don't have credibility is kind of ridiculous when I break it down. Because I've... been in the financial industry for 11 years now. In business for 20. Business and entrepreneurship for 20 years. I've learned sales, I've learned marketing. Obviously, I still learn those things. How to public speak, right? I've learned a lot. But more than that, I've explored the contrast I grew up in poverty. I know the scarcity frequency extremely well. And I say all that to say you don't need anything more than you have right now to start. If you're excited, if that's what your heart is telling you to do, you have everything within you right now to get going. You don't need to become anything more. And that is literally judgment. (laughs) There's a part of you that's criticizing you for not being where you want to be, but simultaneously stopping you from going. Ironically. Don't you think that's funny? You're not where you want to be. But I don't want you to start going there because you need to become that thing before you get started. What? what are we talking about here it's like saying oh you want to become a garbage man but you don't even have the uniform you might as well not even start don't even go get the uniform what well i have to get the uniform to become a garbage man yeah but you don't have it so don't even start what that doesn't make sense how do you ever become a garbage man then You have to get past this bullshit limiting belief that you need to become something more to go get your uniform. Right? I had a client yesterday, who is somewhat of a. She's not exactly a financial shaman, but she does help people with energetically with their money. And I said, "Okay, let's do a money clearing on me. Let me see how you do it." And afterwards, she told me like she felt like she graduated, and I'm like. Sweetheart, you're the one that put that barrier up that you weren't already there. You're the one that put that barrier up, just like we're the ones putting up the barriers to our own wealth. Or I sh- you could say it like your ego, your patterning, or a part of you is putting up the barrier. You might not be with your conscious mind, but with your subconscious programming, you are. And so if you believe you're a fraud then I welcome you to this to drop this story welcome you to this talk to drop this story because isn't everyone evolving perfectly toward what they want doesn't everyone have to start somewhere to go back to the personal trainer analogy I always loved seeing fat people in the gym I loved it and I always said to myself we all got to start somewhere So when I felt, you know, when I felt overweight in the gym, you know, when my gut was sticking out while I was on the Stairmaster or whatever, I was like, we got to start somewhere. You know, you don't start with the bodybuilder body, you know. But it's this judgment, this self-judgment that says we need to be more than who we currently are. We need to be more than who we currently are to do what we're currently wanting to do. What kind of sense does that make? It's just a barrier. It's a boundary. Uh, Boundary's not the right word. It's a barrier that you're creating. I like to use the word boundary for something else. But um, we're the ones putting it up. Let's say you have this inspiration to become, I don't know, uh, the number one zipline manufacturer. I I don't know, I I pulled that out of my butt. But like, let's say you want to become that thing, but you don't know anything about ziplines. Then yeah, maybe not start a business without doing some research, sure. But don't say, well, I can never become that thing without this, this, and that, or I shouldn't start, or I shouldn't do this, or whatever. Just go. Can we trust that the universe is going to teach us everything we need to along the way? That we all have to start somewhere. You know, my first couple of clients doing this type of work, well, here, let me talk about it from before when I was uh, the student loan expert which I guess I still kind of am, but um, it's just like you never really stop being an expert in something unless you've stopped paying attention to the current events around that subject, but um, my point being, like, w- my first handful of student loan clients, I still did good work for them before I was an expert, and the more I learned, the more I helped them along the way, I would go back and help them, Right? So, but it doesn't stop you from going forward unless you let it. This is the belief that you need to become something more to get started. Or that you need to become something more before you put yourself out there. Before you start taking on clients. Right? That you're not good enough right now to begin. Or to keep going. Or to follow that inspiration. You know, I have this what I would consider an apprentice. And she's learning so quickly. It's amazing to watch unfold. But what I notice is she puts up her own barriers and boundaries. Because um, she's like, I'm just getting started. I can't start taking clients already. I'm like, how else are you gonna learn? Like, what? What is this obsession with doing everything perfectly the first time can we just drop the judgment that says it needs to be any different than it is can we just drop the nonsense that says you aren't enough right now that's what it means to be a fraud right That's how I was judging myself. I need to be further along before I put myself out there, before I'm doing podcasts and interviews and helping people realign. I need to be way further along before I plant my flag as this financial shaman. That's what it was trying to tell me, that I wasn't enough right now. That's self-judgment. And any time we come across any judgment, it means we're stopping abundance from flowing. Because we're stopping love from flowing, right? To say to myself, I don't deserve, is a judgment. If you have anybody tell you you don't deserve something, I immediately go, that's a judgment. How would they know what I deserve or don't deserve? When you hear it from someone else outside of you saying it to you, or like you hear parents tell them to the kids, oh, they don't deserve that. Nice new phone or whatever that you got them. I'm always, like, taken aback, like, how in the hell are you judging that? What are you, Santa Claus? What, are we checking the naughty list twice? What the fuck are you talking about? How dare we try to judge anyone on what we think they do or don't deserve? How arrogant is that? But when we do it to ourselves, it goes unnoticed. It goes hidden. Right? Because why? Because we've been telling ourselves that story since we can remember. Right? We've been hearing, don't spoil the the kid. What does it mean to spoil someone? To give them more than they deserve. That's what it means to spoil. That was the line I heard growing up, spare the rod, spoil the child. Right, but when it came to like Christmas birthdays, or like you know, my grandfather who would just randomly get toys and gifts and stuff like that, and my grandmother too, you know, you're like, Oh, there's you're gonna spoil him, it means you're gonna give him more than he deserves. And then we're all so scared of entitlement. These kids today, they're so entitled. You mean they remember their birthright of abundance and they're not falling for this bullshit that we don't deserve? I agree. They are entitled. And good. But they don't want to work for it. They don't have to. We don't have to do anything we don't want to do. It's a lie that we have to work our asses off. Because let me let me tell you something. I know more people who have worked their fingers to the bone... You know, they're back to the point of breaking their entire lives and died broke. So you can't tell me that all it takes is hard work. To me, that's programming programmed by a society or an economy that wants hard workers. Right? Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm a fraud. I really felt this way. I really felt this way. And actually my friend Kyle Cease had to pull my head out of my ass and tell me, you know, look through all I've done in the financial industry in these 11 years. And then more than that, to look at how I've mapped and studied the scarcity vibration and the abundance vibration. To really like go, wow. To take stock of what I've seen. What I've done. And what I've become aware of in the financial world. Like there's, I could have a financial conversation with literally anyone. And what I mean by that is people who have been, you know, hedge fund managers, derivatives, traders... Like, any of that stuff. I know all that vocabulary. I know the strategies. I know the basics all the way to the extreme. This is why I talk about the mechanics of money won't do you any good. I used to teach the mechanics of money. But if you, it doesn't matter. I could teach anyone how to be rich. But if you believe you don't deserve money, the first time it comes to you, you're going to throw it away. You're going to self-sabotage because you have to be right about not deserving it. And so, I had to really take stock of what if everything was happening perfectly and it was only my judgment it was only my judgment of the situation from my patterning, from my ego wanting to try to trick me and convince me that I wasn't enough that was causing the issue that was causing the negative emotions and the feelings right that's what's happening with you if you've ever felt this way and if you haven't, more power to you you know but if you've ever felt like, who am I right, the good old self-doubt line who am I to do this thing that excites me or who am I to do what's never been done before you're you And if source is planted in you, the excitement, then you have to follow it. You have to follow your heart no matter what. It's unconditionally, I am unconditionally going to follow my heart. Regardless of where it leads. (laughs) Because if I think it's leading into a quote-unquote bad place, that's a judgment based on my past experience, and typically it's a judgment of me being afraid of some kind of pain. That's what courage really is. Courage is the ability to know that you're going to experience pain, but following your heart into that pain anyway. Knowing that the pain is not forever it's only temporary and it's only supposed to be there for a little while to teach you what it's supposed to teach you pain physically or emotionally is so is one of many ways source communicates to us negative emotion is the language in which our heart is telling us that we're believing false beliefs That's why you feel bad. That's the emotional guidance system. You feel bad, there's a a false belief. Let that false belief go, you feel good again. We're supposed to feel good, we're not supposed to suffer. That's why this stupid idea that... Excuse me, this stupid idea that... Um, where there's no gain without pain, is ridiculous. That we have to suffer to create, or suffer to deserve, is ridiculous. And that's indicative of a limiting game, a limitation game. I would believe that if I wanted to stay small, that I had to suffer. That it was okay to suffer, that's normal to suffer. I would have to believe that in order to stay small, wouldn't I? Here's the other thing I want to touch on. Right? We now see, oh, I didn't go into the, where this, I picked this up. But, um, maybe I will. But, (sighs) this I'm a fraud is a self-judgment which stops self-love from flowing. Judgment stops unconditional love from flowing. Right? If I judge something as bad, now I'm pushing it away from me and I'm not loving that thing. Right? That's why I so strongly tell everyone one of the first beliefs you got to look at is have you been indoctrinated with the bullshit idea that money is evil or money is the root of all evil? Because you're literally going to push it away then. And you're not going to love it. You're going to think it's dirty and gross and I hate it. Because you believe that it's evil. It stops unconditional love from flowing. Judgment stops unconditional love. But self-judgment... and a specifically self-loathing, will keep you broke, poor, unhappy. How could it not? Wealth is self-love. Wealth is self-love. It is the Loving of yourself so much that you want to make the game easier. That you want to absorb back some of your godlike abilities <laughs> and say, I don't need to suffer to create. I don't need to be unhappy. I don't need to be small. I don't need to believe that anymore. I don't need to struggle anymore that's self-love to do that be like i love myself so much that i'm gonna allow in all of the good instead of pushing it away from me so if wealth is self-love <laughs> then guess what scarcity is self-hatred or self-loathing anytime i'm in an extremely poor neighborhood or i'm talking to The people who are on the lowest part of the income scale are definitely homeless people. I know exactly what I'm going to come across. Sure, there's a lot of familiar and similar belief systems. But underneath it is a feeling of self-loathing. You believe you deserve... You believe you deserve unhappiness. Poor poverty stricken living on the streets you believe you deserve to be there every single one of them believes they deserve to be there and in fact it's a sense of punishment it's a sense of self-punishment because they hate themselves so much and don't get me started on oh but what about rich people who are evil and blah blah it's another time don't don't worry about that right now i've gone off on that before okay Anytime you are coming across people who are in extreme poverty, there's always a sense of extreme self-loathing. Self-hatred. Coupled with, this is how it is. Life to to live is to suffer. This, This type of belief system. But let's take it a step further. There's something else I want to talk about. Which is, how do we get out of that? You have to start to love and accept yourself. Every part of you got you here. That's why this idea that if you believe like I did that you're a fraud, that I have to become something more is to say to yourself, I'm not good enough and I don't deserve what I want because I'm a fraud, because I'm not where I want to be. But it's also a lack of self-trust so let's talk about this what does it mean to trust ourselves what does it mean to trust period trust as i've said before is a bridge over fear okay trust would not be necessary if there was no fear here's what i mean i trust my wife i'm not married this is hypothetical please don't get all caught up in this i trust my wife to not cheat on me which means I'm afraid of her cheating. I do not want that to happen. And so I have to trust her that she's not going to do it. But when she, what happens when she cheats, is my trust is now broken because what I wanted, what I was attached to, which is her not cheating, her not sleeping around, that's what I wanted to have happen. What I was attached to didn't happen. So now my trust is broken. Because what I was afraid of came to pass. You see? That's what it means to trust. It means you're looking at a... You're not wanting to address the fear and look at... I'm afraid my wife will cheat. Well, What does that mean? Right? What do I have to believe about this situation? That it's not okay? That she had made a vow? That she's not allowed to follow her... Heart or loins, or whatever, that my life will be ruined, that everything's broken, that I can't love her anymore. There it is. I can't love her if she cheats. I can't unconditionally love her. Then my love is conditional based on the facts that she doesn't sleep with anyone else. That's what it means. Right? So instead of going down that rabbit hole, which I've had to go down, it's not easy, it's painful, but the pain shows you that there is a lot of baggage here that needs to be let go of. When you let go of, not only the pain is gone, but you're now to a new awareness awareness and consciousness that you don't want control over anyone else's sex life, including your spouses or partners. You want to be aligned with reality. And if they want to stray, then that's the highest and best for all involved if they're following their heart and not their program to sabotage the relationship. But there's a ton of wisdom in there if you're willing and courageous enough to go into the pain. Right? So, what is trust? Trust means you're scared. If you trust anyone, it means you're scared that they're going to fuck you over. Oh, I loaned this guy 20 bucks. I trust him to get it back to me. It means I'm scared that he's not going to give it back to me. He's going to forget. And I'm going to have to be the bad guy that reminds him and constantly reminds him and hounds him. Now I'm the guy worried about 20 bucks. Shouldn't I just give it to him? Oh my God. Blah blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Jesus. Or you could go, why do I need to trust? Why am I afraid? What do I have to believe about this situation in order to be afraid? Find the limiting beliefs and destroy them. Now you're not afraid now whatever happens is exactly perfect because Source doesn't make any mistakes. Neither does anyone else. Everything happens as it should. It's our judgment that says otherwise. So while I love people who would choose faith over fear or trust over fear, they're still attached. There's no such thing as trust without an attachment to an outcome that you want. I trust that the government is going to do what's right for whatever. Minorities. Women. Whatever. You know. The poor. I trust that the government's going to do what's right. Means I'm afraid that they're going to do what's wrong. What I deem as wrong. And I'm attached to believing that my government is full of good people. So. And I'm attached to giving them all of my power to do what I want. Right? And my power over my happiness because if they don't do what i want my conditional love for the government goes away and now i'm upset and here comes the roller coaster of emotions and i wonder why i'm always pissed off triggered unhappy because you're giving the power away through conditional love all these conditions have to be met before I'm happy. Once I get to become a millionaire, then I'll be happy. Then I can say I'm a financial shaman. That's conditional. Your happiness is, happiness is now conditional, and now you've given overpower of that happiness to whatever condition you're attached to. So, now we know what trust is. So what does it mean to self-trust? To trust ourselves? It means that we are afraid of the self-sabotage. You know, my mom used to say it like this, one step forward and two steps back. It made her not even wanna take steps forward because in her life, the pattern was she would get somewhere You know, maybe it was a pay raise or some new amazing opportunity. And it would start to go good and then it would start to go real bad. Because she believed she didn't deserve money. Because that's what she was taught. She was taught poverty. Right? Racism, poverty, these are things that are taught to children. These are things that are indoctrinated into children no child, no child before the you know especially around the age of an infant or a toddler ever thinks about money everything is abundance everything is there it's all good right they never think about happiness they just are happy they don't try to get to happiness there's no child born racist that's taught to them right there's no child born like anti-government there's no child born like ooh pro-war Pro freedom, that's all indoctrinated. That's all conditioned into them. So, anyway, self trust. She didn't trust herself. And to be fair, I didn't trust myself for a long time. And why don't we trust ourselves? Because. We don't know what the self-sabotage is, where it's coming from, but we know it's there subconsciously. We don't trust ourselves because we know that we're going to fuck it up if we get it. This is a very big piece of receiving. If you want to receive on a big level, whether it's money, whether it's love, Whether it's happiness, whether it's a raise, whether it's a a promotion, whether it's a business endeavor. If you want to receive on a big level, you have to go into self-trust. What does it mean to trust ourselves? It means we have to expose and discover all the limiting beliefs that would sabotage us. All the limiting beliefs that would keep things away or that would destroy them if they came. That's what it means to distrust yourself. It also means to let go of the fear that what you don't want to have happen will happen. If you follow your highest excitement to the best of your ability, and something comes back and reflects back to you in the mere reality that you do not prefer that is an invitation to go inside and find the limiting beliefs that would cause the mirror to reflect that back to you. Right? So if I follow my highest excitement and I uh, I create a video and I'm super excited about it and no one sees it, first of all, I really don't care. But if I, I, I really don't. To me, the action of flowing and being in my highest excitement is enough. But if I was somehow attached or preferred to have a lot of people see it, I would sit and write, okay, what are the limiting beliefs that would stop the thing from going viral or whatever? Right? What are the things that would cause that to happen? Inside of me. Because obviously... We don't want to go try to fix the mirror. Right? That's backwards. Oh, I didn't get as many views as I want. I know. I'll go do a bunch of research on how to make a viral video. You know that might call to you. But I'm going to tweak it and do these things and do this thing and blah, 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 blah. No. Start with the beliefs that I don't deserve to be known by millions of people or whatever. That I'm not ready to be exposed. That I I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a fraud. Start there. So trusting yourself is to understand how you sabotage you. And more than that, all of the ego's tricks. Right? Right? Here's one that I discovered. I, knew, I, I noticed that every time I've received a bunch of money, I've wanted to spend pretty lavishly. And spending lavishly is not a bad thing inherently. But if it is a way to self-sabotage, we have to notice that. And one of the things that would happen with the spending lavishly is the sense of urgency. Like, ooh, I got this inspiration, I need it right now. I'm going to take, you know, my girlfriend to Paris, or whatever. But can we just sit on that for a second? Like, where's the urgency? Can we understand if that's coming from heart or from self-sabotage? Right? The more you dive into the ego's game, which is the limitation game, the game of conditional love, then you start to realize how it operates, Right? I said this the other day to a client. Is if you spent, you know, even if it took 10 years, if you spent time understanding when your ego is speaking to you versus when your heart is speaking to you, you'd be so far, so, so far spiritually, so advanced, right? You'd be on a higher consciousness than most people walking the earth. Like, I'm talking like probably in the top 10 of people because how many people can say they know when their ego is talking versus their heart not many i'm barely learning it now Nah, barely strong i mean i've come pretty far but the more i am diving into it the more i'm finding how the ego's patterns work right so here's another one i found so the urgency was one why do i have to do everything right away here's another one i found that if I received a lot of money, I would try to lean on the money as the one with the power, right? The money is powerful, meaning I would try to use it to fix the mirror, to fix my problems. Okay. So like, let's say I was having a problem with in business with a partner or something, I would just buy them out or, you know, put a, you know, do stuff do things like this or I'll just have an influx of capital just hire new people to take care of this thing instead of looking at what the problem is attempting to show me right so we would lean on hello we would lean on the money as the powerful one instead of me and I would lose my sense of alchemy the ability to shift my perspective the ability to go inside and find the inner solution to the issue right so that's another way i would self-sabotage so can we sit with all of these can we map them can we go into them and say how have i self-sabotaged myself in the past that i can learn from because if you have and i know you have then there's a part of you not wanting to do it again and keeping what you want away from you so you don't destroy it. Which you might think is terrible. But in my opinion, it's good. Because to get through that limiting belief, to get through to yourself, you have to advance consciously. You have to raise your vibration. You have to raise your self-awareness in order to get past it like a level in a game how do levels work in games you have to come to a certain level of proficiency with whatever challenges they're giving to you before you can advance That's no different here it's no different here you have to come to a level of understanding you before you can advance. (sighs) Let me wrap this up. You are not a fraud. You do not need to become anything more than you are right now. And any part of you that believes that you do is a challenge that you can accept or resist. But if you accept the challenge, ask yourself, what more do I need to become and why? And how would I know that? Here's what I mean. I can't just follow my heart and start a online baking business Again, hypothetical. Logan hung up on that. (laughs) Because I'm not, I don't know anything about business. I don't know anything about bacon. I don't know any of this. How would you know that you can't? Can you become skeptical of the inner skeptic? Can you become, can you use doubt against itself? Who am I to do something that's never been done before? I don't know, but who am I not to? If it's being called through me. I can't do that thing. How do you know? I can't become the next Tony Robbins, if that's what calls to you. How do you know you can't? You'll never become that thing. How do you know? How do you know? The belief that you can't do something creates it let it go. It doesn't serve you. Go find out if you can or can't. What was that line from Henry Ford? If you believe you can or you can't, you're right. How do you know you're not divinely protected? How do you know that Source didn't put the excitement within you in order to drive you toward that thing? So then it would teach you more. How do you know everything isn't perfect happening just the way it's supposed to right now? How do you know you're not hearing this to start to dive into your own trust issues with you? And the saboteur inside. How do you know it's not perfectly aligned? To take a look at why you wouldn't want those things to come into your life. Here's a great one. If I get that thing that I want, it's bad because why? Or people will treat me differently or whatever. Start to go on a journey of self-discovery. Why wouldn't you want those things to show up? What is it about you that you don't trust? What it What is it about you that you don't love? And begin to learn to love that. No matter what you do. Know always that you are unconditionally loved no matter what. There is nothing you could ever do or say that would stop you from being loved. I love you. We are different clouds in the same sky, (laughs) different golfers on the same course, different toppings on the same pizza. My unconditional love to you. Good journey, my friends.